Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Hold on, hold that. Hold this atmosphere right here if you would, guys. I want to tell you I'm proud of you for that moment right there. Some of you, that was a stretch. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've never said things to God like that before. I'm proud of you. That's a lot. That's a lot. And uh, tonight I want to talk about something specific. I asked our friend to stay on the keys for me because I really feel like, honestly, what God wants to do tonight is really simple, but yet it's life-altering. I remember when I was actually growing up, from much younger than even the 11-year-olds who are here, but especially in that 11-year, 12-year-old range, I came to camp just like this. Just like this. In a room very similar to this, except there was no air conditioning in North Carolina in July. Come on, somebody. That's insane. That was child abuse. (laughs) Anyways. No, but I went to camp just like this, and I remember being in seats just like you. And it was in this place, I heard God. Not a little bit, not in a small way, not in some sort of, you know, junior kind of like, oh, you know, pat him on the head. Good for you. No, no, I heard him. I heard him. And I want to just kind of sit in that for a minute because this has been my prayer for each of you particularly about tonight that you would hear him now this is kind of funny but how many of you ever been like you've been outside or maybe you're down the street and you heard a family member call your name but you knew when you heard them say your name it was not good right because <laughs> you were late coming home or maybe, you know, you weren't even supposed to be outside and they're like yelling for you. They yelled your name. But have you ever had somebody say your name that you didn't expect that they would even know your name? That ever happened to you? Where you're like, maybe you're at school or maybe you're at church or maybe you're out, out of the grocery store and all of, a sudden, all of a sudden someone says your name and you're like, how do you know my name? I remember a few years ago, I was at a Target. This is kind of creepy, actually. I was at a Target. And I'm like putting all my stuff at, at the checkout stand. I'm like putting in everything. And I've got my back toward, you know, the rest of the line. I'm putting my stuff there. And all of a sudden I hear someone say, I know who you are. <laughs> I almost prayed them out. I was like, get behind me, Satan. What do you mean? You know who I am. And they're like, oh, you're, you're Pastor Ty. I, I go to the church. We were at a large church at the time. They're like, I go to the church. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Because I'm like... Nice to meet you, you know, but don't ever sneak up on me like that again, right? But they knew my name, and I don't know, there's just something very personal when someone knows your name. It's different than if someone's like, hey, bro, what's up, man? How you doing, girl, gal, whatever. But when someone says your name, it automatically does something in your heart, whether you even recognize it or not. 
there's a level of intimacy that immediately just happens as soon as they say it, as soon as it comes out of their mouth. Because it says, I know you. I know you. And so many instances in Scripture, God says names. Like when he addresses people, he says their name. He doesn't just say, hey, people, hey, group, hey, four square camp. He he doesn't just say it in some sort of big sense where you're just a part of some sort of number, some sort of group. But actually, when God wants to talk to you, oh, no, no, he comes all the way up into your name. And what's so interesting to me about this nowadays is there's this whole moving culture that's like, oh, no, no, just name yourself whatever you want to. Change it. Change your identity. Like, whatever you want to do, just change it. I think that's so interesting because, um, see, God appreciates your name just as it is. He already loves you. He already loves you. Listen, some of you are like, I don't know if God loves me. No, no, He already loves you. And this is what I love about what the Bible says. It says He loves you even while you're a sinner. Everybody say sinner. But say it with like a real like churchy kind of, you're a sinner. Like you just, you know, I don't know. There's something about sinner that just sounds so condemning. But let me break it down for you. Here's what it means, okay? Listen, this is what it means. That while you are the worst, listen, while you are the worst version of yourself, Jesus died for you. The worst you. The worst you. Jesus died for you. And he knew you by name. Jeremiah says that before you are formed, I knew you. While you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I did it. I formed you. The Bible says that he knows every single hair that's on your head. Just give your hair a good tug. Yeah, he knows all of it. He knows the texture of it. He knows the length of it. And guess what? He calls it beautiful. He calls it handsome. He calls it wonderful. Why? Because he says you're, listen, he says you're wonderfully made. Just look at your neighbor and say, you're wonderful. Come on. (laughs) Hey, I said just say you're wonderful. (laughs) Don't add to it. But listen. All right, come back. I want to talk to you for a couple minutes about a guy named Samuel. By the way, anybody named Sam or Samuel here? Raise your hand. Your name is Samuel? Is it really? Okay, because I was like, that doesn't match. We'll talk after. No, someone, anybody's name Sam or Samuel here? I was going to make fun of you if you were. Is it you? Okay, y'all are all liars. We're going to have to have a repentance service right now. The name of Jesus. I don't believe anybody anymore. So listen, there's this guy named Samuel, real person. By the way, when you read the Bible, it's real. It's not fairy tale. 
This is real. These were real people. There was a guy named Samuel, and he was born into a pretty jacked up family. Some of you last night asked for prayer for your family because your, your family might sound a little bit like his. Samuel was actually born to a woman who for a long time couldn't have a child. Her name was Hannah. And she actually had everybody, give me your attention right up here. There you go. He was actually born to this barren woman. She couldn't have children for a long time. And she wept and cried out to God to please give me a child. So after her prayers, she was granted her request, granted her prayers, and she actually got pregnant and had a son named Samuel. But see, while she was praying to have this child, she was actually in a marriage where at that time this was not abnormal, but this dude had another wife. And that wife had children just fine. She had multiple children. So the wife that had multiple children would ridicule, and the Bible says that she would taunt and really oppress Hannah. The other lady's name was Panina. So Panina would just ridicule her and pound her and see, say, that was her name, Panina. Okay. I don't know. It's the Bible name. Do with it what you will. So Panina would just, I mean, taunt her relentlessly because we, nowadays we call it she bullied, right? She bullied her, bullied her. See, you're never going to have a child. You're never going to be good enough. He's never going to love you. He's never going to pay attention to you. You can't give him children. And at this time, that was a big deal. So she would bully Hannah. And so Hannah was so sorrowful, so sorrowful, that she came to God and she wept and she told God, I'll do anything if you'll give me a son. And she said, in fact, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. She made a vow. And so sure enough, God granted her Samuel. And Samuel... Once he was born, she kept her vow and she took him to the temple and there he lived inside of the temple really to where he would be a part of the service and the ministry. And listen, at a young age in 1 Samuel chapter 2, this is what it says. Verse 18, it says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord even as a child. Even as a child, Samuel, because his mother had committed to God, he's going to serve you. That's what he did. He was in the house of God. He was at church, so to speak. And he was serving the Lord. So I want to just, before I go any further, I want to just kind of make an announcement that every single person in this room has the ability and is absolutely qualified to serve God today. You're not too young. You're not disqualified. Your family origin doesn't disqualify you. The circumstances surrounding your birth do not disqualify you. As you sit in this room today, much like Samuel sat in church when he was a young man, he served the Lord and here you are. Yes, you've come to camp, you've come to receive, you've come to have fun, but that's an act of service. You could be anywhere else this week. You could be doing anything else. And so I know without a shadow of doubt, God sees you being here as an act of service. You're ministering to the Lord. As we worship God and we sing these songs together, it's not just lip service. It's ministering to Him. It's loving Him. It's saying, God, I, I want to I serve you. I want to give my life to you. So I want you to not see Samuel as someone unlike you. I actually want you to see, no, he was just like you. 
And in fact, even in the church he went to, there was a lot of jacked up stuff going in, up in church. The boss of the church, we'll call him, his name was Eli. He had two sons, and those two sons were going around doing things I can't even say in this church. <laughs> they were doing bad stuff with a lot of people. We'll just put it like that. Some of you got it. The 12-year-olds, you don't need to get it, okay? <laughs> oh, gosh. Somebody said, I got it. Okay. Anyway, so Samuel, not only did he grow up, listen, not only did he grow up in an unhealthy church or an unhealthy family, now he's in an unhealthy church. So he's here ministering before the Lord. That's verse 18. Verse 26 says this, listen. And the child Samuel grew in stature. In other words, his physical body grew. But also he grew in favor, both with the Lord and man. So as Samuel's in this environment, he's not just hanging out. Something's happening with him. See, as you're here these just couple days, something's happening with you. Whether you're aware of it or not, you're growing. You're growing. You're growing in favor with God and people. You're making friendships that will uh, last the rest of your life. Uh, she was here at your registration. Her name is Lisa. Her name used to be Lisa Parks. Now it's Lisa Gordon. She was at camp in North Carolina at the same time I was. And that was at least 25 years, maybe 30 years ago. We're still friends today. I'm married with children. Now she's married with children. But guess what? Why? Because when we were in this place, we were growing with the Lord, favor with Him, but also favor with one another. We were making lifelong friendships. That's what's happening here. So that's Samuel. So he's in this kind of environment. Not everything is perfect. Not everything is just amazing. But God was doing something with Samuel. And then I want us to look at 1 Samuel, or yeah, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And you can follow up on the screen, guys, because I, I really want you to catch this. Because this is what's going to happen tonight. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli... And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. In other words, a lot of people weren't hearing from God. They weren't understanding what God had said. So it was rare in those days for someone to hear from God. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, a lot of context right there, that the Lord called Samuel. Catch that. He's laying down basically to go to bed. That's the time of day it was. His elder, his leader was going to bed too. Could barely see. He was so old. And this is what it says. And the Lord called Samuel. Everybody say called. Now some of you, you've heard this. Especially if you've been in church a little bit. You heard, you've heard of this word Calling. Like, oh, you're, we're all called. But I'm going to break it down so simply to you today. What it means to be called is when you hear God say your name. Very simply. Because when he says your name, your entire life changes. Not when you hear a good message and when you hear preaching, preaching just about anything. No, no, when you hear his name. Marcus taught over the last couple of sessions about following Jesus. But I want you to notice every one of 
Jesus's followers, when he was here on this earth, he went individually to those disciples and said, follow me. I mean, it was personal. It was like eyeball to eyeball. And they could make a decision whether to do it or not. And not everyone that he said, follow me to followed him. Some did and some didn't. So here, Samuel, this young boy is laying down and God called him. And he answered and said, here I am. And so he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. So Samuel, when he first heard God, didn't discern. In other words, he didn't know that it was actually God calling him. The voice sounded a little bit like Eli, his master's or his boss's voice. So much so that he ran to him and said, here I am, you called me. And Eli said, I did not call you, lie down again. And he went and lay down. The Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he answered, I did not call my son, lie down again. I have three kids. This has happened, not necessarily like this, but where they come over and over. And and finally you're like, go lay down or I'm going to light this house on fire. You know, you're like, seriously, leave me alone. I did not call my son, lie down again. Catch verse 7, y'all. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. This is the moment in his life where he heard God and could now understand it's his voice, not my voice, not my, my master's voice. See, some of you, you may have come and you were like, I don't know what it means to hear from God. And I want you to know right now, that's okay. That's why you're here. No, no, listen to me. Because sometimes the devil will lie to you and others will condemn you. Oh, you should be able to hear God. You need to be able to hear God. And we make this such a thing that it's like, no, no, that's why you're here. Is because there's going to be a moment in your life where God comes right up to you and he just says, Sydney. And you're going to have a moment there where you're like, was that God? Was that me? Was that the lasagna we had for dinner? You know what I'm saying? Like, my stomach's grumbling. Did I hear my stomach? Like, what's going on here? And while you're discerning, he's going to say, Sydney. Well, that wasn't the lasagna. And no one else in here is talking. And then you're still discerning, and he's going to say, Sydney. That's when you're going to know. That's when you're going to know. You're going to know he's saying my name. He's calling me out. He's not just talking to camp, wherever we are, Crowder's Ridge. Almost said David Crowder. Okay. (laughs) Which is a band leader, whatever. No, no. When he looks at us here tonight, he sees you. Just look at your neighbor and say, he sees you. Say it with a little attitude. No, he sees you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees you. He sees you. All of you. He sees what you're wearing tonight, right? So listen. You know, when I've, I've over the last couple of sessions, I've just taken a moment just to look around the room. And you know what? When I look at each of your faces and I've tried to catch at least 
where I could see every person's face over the last few hours, last night and this morning. I don't see a lost generation like you hear on the news and you read about everywhere else. I see a called generation. I really do. Uh, young man, right there. Will you stand up? Sorry, right behind you. Yeah, you. Yeah, squinting your eyeballs. Yep. Yeah. Bro, what's your name? Hudson. Hudson. That's a good name. Um, yeah, I, as I was just scanning, I, I watched you, and you worship no matter what anyone else around you is doing. Um, there's something very special about that that I don't think you understand. Um, and I don't mean you don't understand it in a bad way. I just mean it's, it is significant, your heart for God. And God's going to use you even in a worship sphere, you know, like even what our team has been leading. Like there's a call in your life, bro. Like you're called. Uh, God's speaking to you. He's going to do stuff at this camp that is going to help set the trajectory from your life. And why I'm pointing you out is it because all I just noticed, it's um, in 1 Corinthians, in the Bible, in chapter 12. Keep standing, bro, because I just like embarrassing you. Because um, you can take it. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about how with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of God, there are actually gifts for us. And one of those gifts is where you talk about, where it says that there are gifts of words of knowledge, words of wisdom, words of prophecy. All of these things are meant to encourage people, exhort them, and speak things that God would want them to hear. So that's what's happening right here. God wants you to know, bro, you're crazy cult. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, even when I was praying for you, um, have you ever left, where are you from? Apex. Have you traveled very much? Okay. Okay. Yeah, God's going to use your voice around the globe. 100%. Let's pray for Hudson. Father, the girls are really praying for you. I just sensed that right over here. Something just broke. <laughs> In all seriousness, yep. Here we go. Lord, I thank you for your hand that's on Hudson. I thank you for the call where you've said his name. Guard him, I pray, Lord, from every distraction, anything that would try to pull him to the right or left away from you. I pray that he would be intensely focused on you and focused on what you have for his life. In Jesus' name, say amen, everybody. got a lot of support there, bro. You should run for president or something. Yeah. President of David Crowder Camp. No, Crowder's Rich Camp. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to end with a, a, a couple other, or at least the end of this passage. So Samuel said, go lie down. Or actually, let me go back. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not know 
it was the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived, so the old man perceived, that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak Lord, for your servant hears. Now I want you to listen to these words that he was told. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. This is a young boy. But Eli recognized something on that young boy that said, no, no, you're called to serve him. So therefore, when you talk to him, say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Your servant hears. In other words, don't just pass it by and be like, oh, that's cool. That's pretty rad. I'm into that, you know. No, no, he said, this is the proper way you talk to God. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. In other words, I'm responding to you. One of my pet peeves with my kids is when I call them and they don't answer. None of you have done that to your parents, but some kids that I know do that. And then I go to the middle name. You ever had that happen to you? Yeah. It's like, you're not going to answer your first name. We're going to the middle name. And if I get to the last name, it's over. Your life is over, you know, like. But listen, this is what he says. He says, when God calls your name, listen, everybody. When God calls your name, he says, answer me like this. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. In fact, why don't you just repeat after me? Say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Now I want you to close your eyes. I want you to say it from, from that heart where you made room for him. I want you to say, speak, Lord. Your servant hears. That was the instruction from Eli. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. This is what it means to be called. This is what it means. I remember I was 12, listen guys, I was 12 years old when I heard him. And I heard him speak out of Jeremiah chapter 1 where he says, I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. I'm 12. What do you mean a prophet to the nations? But that's what I'm hearing. At 12 years old, I heard him say how it would be on my life to pull down and to plant and all these things that if I read it to you out of Jeremiah chapter 1, you'd be like, a 12-year-old heard that? But I did. And from 12 years old, I knew what school I was going to go to. I actually went to Life Pacific University in Southern California. At 12 years old, I knew what school I was going to. Why? Because I heard him. And I went to, you know, I went to public school, like um, probably most, if not all of you. And all the guidance counselors, well, you know, you really should put in applications at other places and you really should look across, you should visit other, nope, I heard. I was intense, y'all, okay? I heard, but guess what? That call, what I heard when I heard God speak to me, literally in the same kind of room. In fact, Samuel grew up in a place called the Tabernacle at Camp Courtney in North Carolina, up in the, in, in the Asheville area. There was a room called the Tabernacle. I was literally in the Tabernacle. 
God spoke to me. That word is what got me here today. I would not be in this room if I had not been 12 years old in this room like this, hearing him speak to me. So don't you ever let your age, your life circumstances, your family of origin keep you from hearing him. Don't let the person sitting next to you, as much as you love them or like hanging out with them or enjoy them, don't you dare let them keep you from hearing him. Your life is right there. And if you'll hear him, he'll set it right up for you. I'm going to ask a new friend of mine to come up, Gus. Everybody give it up for Gus. Bro, you could be vice president. Hudson would be president. You would be vice president. There's a lot of support in here. So listen, um, I met Gus earlier today, and I really believe that God set this up, and I don't say that lightly. We've never met that I remember before, though he's going to tell you of an instance where we were in the same place, just like this. Until today when he thought, oh, I just want to share with him my testimony, my story, because I, I happen to be a part of it, though I didn't know it. He didn't know that the very thing I would be talking about tonight would be his story. It would be his testimony. So I know that I know that I know that God is orchestrating for something to happen tonight. So Gus is going to share with you his testimony and his story. Thank you, Pastor. Well, uh, hello. Hi. My name is uh, Pastor Gus. I'm Belmont Foursquare, the youth pastor there. Um, just a little backstory. I grew up in a, a broken home. Uh, my father left when I was a baby, and um, my mother um, beat me when I was a little boy. And it was, I, I didn't really give too much information, but yeah, that's a little bit of my backstory. And um, so growing up, you know, I had a hard time and uh, felt very neglected, got into substance abuse and things like that. And uh, when I was about 16 years old, I was on the, you know, not out in the streets, but I was out, out and about doing my thing and, and uh, decided I want to get high that day. Got a little too high and collapsed. And um, while I was out, I heard this voice speak to me. And this voice uh, asked a question. It said, do you want to live or do you want to die? And I said, I want to live. And the voice spoke to me and said, then get up and live. And I didn't really know what that meant. You know, my grandma had told me about God. But I didn't really believe in that. So a few months later, I go to visit my aunt and uncle in the northeastern plains of Colorado. Now, y'all, it is, there is nothing out there, okay? We're talking like cow, cowboys and, you know, and it's just crazy. So anyways, I'm out there and I'm like, we go to this four square church and this pastor approaches me, he's a youth pastor, and he says, how would you like to go to church camp? And I was like, what? No, I'm too cool for that. I started to think about it, and I was like, maybe there might be girls there, you know, and, you know, and, and I was like, well, I don't have any money. Turns out the church sponsored me. And so I'm like, well, all right. So I go, and sure enough, the, the guest speaker for that week was Pastor Ty. And I'm 16 years old, y'all. I grew up, I'm, and I'm rough, you know. I thought I was a thug, okay. The Lord has exposed some things about me. I'm not, and that's okay. So I'm there, and this man is preaching the gospel, and look, I've heard this. My grandma, she used to talk to me about this stuff, but I didn't really believe it. But there was something about that night. You know what I'm talking about? He was talking about hearing your name. And I was sitting in, in a chair just like you. And I remember I was sitting up there and I felt like this thing moving in my heart. Like, I think I need to go up there. But I was afraid. 
And God showed me, he was like, I brought you all the way out here. I got you here free. It was on me. He said, I want you to come up. I'm calling you up. And so the Lord did something to me. I realized he made it, he, he arranged everything. And I came up and I came home to Jesus. He changed my life. I gave my life to the Lord that night when he was preaching. And so I was like, wow, this is awesome. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a week-long camp. And, and Tuesday comes and Wednesday comes and they hold an altar call for the Holy Spirit. And look, I, my grandma, she was Pentecostal and I'd seen her do this and I was like, that's weird. But I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try this. So they had an altar call and I came up to the front. I heard, I felt the Lord wanted me to come up and I did. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues on Wednesday night. And I'm like, well, I, I, I told you I had gotten high, you know, was abusing substance. I got high on the most high, okay? Uh, I got drunk in the spirit. I don't know if that's okay to say that, but God did something in me that night. It changed my life. I was like, I don't have to smoke another joint. I can crack open my Bible, get into some worship, and feel what I've always been seeking my entire life, which is love. Look, my mom told me she hated me. She said, you are a worthless child. But my heavenly father said, I love you. He said, you my son. You are his sons and daughters and he loves you. You are not worthless. Look, God told me you're not worthless. And I, it took a long time to get over that. I'm just going to throw that out there, but I know who I am now. And so I'm, you know, I'm experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, whoa, this is cool, right? And so I go to bed and we wake up the next morning and we have a, we have a, a service at 10 a.m., you know, just like us. And I'm sitting there, I'm worshiping, I have my hands lifted. I never wanted to do that before because it creeped me out. But now I know why people do that. So I'm, I'm worshiping and the Lord, I'm just sitting there, I'm like, Lord, why, why did you bring me here? Why did you, why did you? bring me to this place? What's the purpose of this? And I heard him respond to me. He said, because I want you to be a pastor. And now, you know, I've told you a little bit about my life. I was told I was worthless. That I, that, you know what? I was probably just going to die on that road. But God, he said, I want you. Get up and live. And so I did. I got up. I came to the front. I said yes to Jesus. I received the Holy Spirit and I took my call and I picked up my mantle and I started walking. I got baptized. My life has literally never been the same. I've had my ups. I've had my downs. Some of you people I went to Bible college with in this room. God changed my life. And it starts in places like this. When you say yes, I don't want to take the from you. But listen, this man, when he was preaching that fire, I responded. And I'm, he's preaching fire tonight. And so I encourage you, get up and respond. Because God's got a plan for all of your lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, bro. So listen, that was 2008. That wasn't yesterday. That was 13 years ago. Got to do some math. So listen, 13 years ago, he was in your seat. Some of you, he is living your life. And the same God 
who was in that room, who was with Samuel in his room, is in this room. Listen, guys back there, I don't want anybody to miss out on this. I don't want you to miss out because you know what? What God will do is he'll snatch you out of what could kill you. Gus, God snatched him on what would have killed him. There is an amazing opportunity here. If you'll let God, he'll snatch you. He'll take you out of the very thing that could later kill you. And he'll set the course of your life. Maybe it's not to be a pastor. Maybe it's to be a doctor. Maybe it's to be an engineer. Maybe it's to be a teacher. I don't know what God has for you to do. But I know this. Tonight he's saying your name. And when he looks at you, he doesn't say, you're worthless. He doesn't say that you're never going to amount to anything. He doesn't say that you're a piece of whatever. A piece of work, we'll call it that. No, when he looks at you, this is what he says. He says, you're my masterpiece. Every piece, every part, every quirk. And I love scripture says this about you. God says, you are mine. You're his. You're his. You may never have in your whole life felt like you belong anywhere. Maybe you feel like you're kind of a misfit, kind of loner, like you don't really fit in this clique. You don't really fit in that clique. But God says this, yeah, but you're mine. You do belong here. You do belong with me. So we're going to do this. And Brandon, do you mind grabbing this to move it out of the way? Thank you. Um, here's what we're going to do, y'all. Um, I don't know if you can feel it, but God's love, L-O-V-E, is right here. Like, it's almost like I can just, it's, it's as if God just kind of planted in the middle of this room. And it's just kind of like his hand is out there saying like, if, you, if, you, if you'll take it, I'm calling you. If you'll have the courage or the strength or maybe the discernment to know like Samuel, know, okay, that's God. To say, hey, God, speak to me. I know you're speaking to the pastor so-and-so. I know you're speaking to my leader. Or I know you're speaking to others. But will you, will you speak to me, Lord? We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.